You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode, we talk to race director, senior Olympics national qualifier, and all-around amazing runner Yvette Ranhen about an exciting virtual race you can sign up for. So let's get to it. Hello and welcome to the Marathon Training for Beginners podcast. Hey, everybody. We're so glad to be back and thanks for tuning in. Yes, we have some exciting changes in the pipeline. We do. Lots of the pipeline and a brand new look that we're so excited to show you. This podcast is undergoing surgery. Facelift, baby. (laughs) A facelift indeed. So let us know what you guys think about it. And honestly, one of the best ways that you guys can let us know your feedback is through a five-star review. Absolutely. We'd appreciate it so much. And we would really like to hit 100 by the end of the month, if possible. And that's an Apple. So some of the other apps don't quite let you leave reviews and such, but you can always follow us in any of the apps that you listen to podcasts in. But if you're an Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use that app, but you have an iPhone, go in there. And if you wouldn't mind, leave us a five-star review because it really helps people find our podcast and ultimately grow this community. Right. We are not trying to sell out people. We are just trying to make more amazing friends across the world. And honestly, if everyone who listens to us left us a five-star review, we would be one of the top rated running podcasts in the world. So wow, (laughs) please, we would love that. Thank you guys. 
And we want to start doing one shout out per week. I know some weeks we do three or four and other weeks we don't do any. So we're inviting you all right now. If you go and follow us on Instagram at crummy marathoners, um, you can leave us uh, a comment. You can message us, whatever you want to do. But we love featuring comments from our listeners. So we'd like to encourage you to visit us there. Oh, yeah. They keep us going. They really do. But in an other exciting news, we have an incredible lineup of guest interviews that we've conducted over last... just the last few months and yeah. um, even some that we did over the summer that got pushed back because of everything that's happened. But yeah, Mo and I were just sitting there talking about the amazing lineup that we have. And oh, we don't say that lightly. We think you're no. going to, we think you're going to learn a ton. Yeah. We may or may not have some people that are on TV shows. Oh, okay. We may or I may not so have excited. running I can't famous even. people. So yeah, I we can't even. just, please tune in. You guys will not be disappointed at all. Speaking of amazing guests and interviews, Harrison had the privilege of interviewing Yvette Rangel, and I wish I could have been I could have been a part of this interview, but um, some things came up, and it was just Harrison solo. But you guys, you're going to be blown away. She is a local legend, and you're going to hear all about her. She's going to tell her backstory and why we interviewed her. But in short, she is the the race director for the Gilbert Half Marathon, which is our hometown. And um, it's been going on for a few years now. She'll explain all of that. But the reason we wanted to talk to her is one, she's an incredibly inspiring runner. And, and she, she gives a lot of tips in this interview that is really going to help everyone listening. Um, and she even gives the perspective of a race director, you know, what goes into that and all of the details that you don't think about as a racer. And, um, you know, even the, the entry fee that you pay. And, and sometimes we wonder, why is it so expensive? So all of that she gets into, it's incredibly educational. And we can't wait for you to hear this interview. So without further ado, Yvette. All right, everybody, welcome. I'm here with Yvette Rangel. Did I say that right? Yes, perfect. Hablo espanol. Les Yo también. <laughs> Yvette speaks Spanish, and her husband's here with us, Alex. Hello. Um, but we are so excited to bring to you this interview with Yvette because she is a local legend here in our hometown, uh, the town of Gilbert, Arizona. Are you from here, Yvette, like born and raised? No, I was actually born in El Paso, Texas, uh, moved to Mesa, which is right next to yep. Gilbert, in uh, 1978 and uh, let's see we moved to Gilbert I don't know in the 90s <laughs> okay so I've been good. in this area for a while yeah perfect I was born in Mesa so very familiar so last year I ran my very first race a lot of people on the podcast know this it was the Gilbert half marathon and that just so happens to be the race that you're the director of. Yes, I am. So, since 2014. So what did the race go on before 2014? Yes. So the race actually launched in 2009 in Mesa. And it was um, the owner, the founder is Dr. Greg Allen. A little history. Uh, he is a family practice doctor. And he was just absolutely surprised at how many people he was finding with skin cancer. And we know mm. that Arizona is, is very yeah. sunny here. Yes. And so he decided, and especially alarming to him was the youth, mm. how many youth he was finding with 
spots of skin cancer. So he said, I need to start something. Um, the racing world had taken off okay. with groups like team and training and so forth. So he thought, you know, I want to put together a foundation. So he created what's called shun the sun foundation for skin cancer prevention and education. Huh. Okay. And he decided to launch a race as a fundraiser, not only as a fundraiser, but it's promoting healthy activity. Okay. But he could also educate about skin cancer, raise some money. Yeah. So the race actually started in Mesa and, and I'm a marathon runner myself. So I actually ran his um, inaugural race. Yeah. And um, in that, I won a skin cancer check. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I became a patient of his going yearly yeah. to just get, you know, as a runner, you're in the sun a oh, lot. Yeah. yeah. Just to get my skin checked. And um, so what happened in 2014, I get a call from him. And of course, immediately I'm like, oh, yeah, do I have something? And he's, he says he wants to talk to me and wants to offer, would love me to be his race director. Huh course at that time i i was in my profession okay i am a retired high school counselor and oh. i thought no way but i decided to meet with him well long story short running is my passion i had been a runner for some time so i thought wow this would be great um at that time though they were doing some uh reconstruction in mesa so he had lost his venue in mesa and so together we landed gilbert Gilbert okay. was very eager to bring events uh, to this area. So we started working with Gilbert. The only thing that Gilbert insisted though, that we call it the Gilbert half marathon. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people do remember because it was in Mesa from 2009 until 2013. Yeah. It was called shun the sun run. Okay. And so a lot of people remember that one. And then when we moved it to Gilbert, we changed the name. Well, we call it, you know, Shun the Sun brings you or promotes Gilbert Half Marathon. And we added the 10K. Gotcha. So okay. that's a little bit of the history. So all the money that we, all the proceeds yeah. of the race still go towards the the nonprofit. Mm. Um, one of the main things we do is build shade structures over playgrounds. We okay. look for low-income schools or communities because those shade structures cost anywhere from $15,000 to $25,000. Wow. They're okay. quite expensive. Um, we've also used uh, proceeds to donate sunblock to youth groups, swim groups. Um, part of my role, not only as the race director for the organization, because I have a background in education, mm -hmm. um, I also offer presentations on skin cancer prevention. So that's oh, cool. the educational piece. Yeah. So I have gone to a lot of elementary schools or youth groups. Okay. And uh, of course, Dr. Allen trained me. We prepared the PowerPoint. We have a PowerPoint and we give these presentations to whoever wants to hear it. So wow. the race, like I said, started in 2009, but in Gilbert since two, 2014. And that's when you took over. Okay. So as a race director, um, I, I want to get into what that means, what you do, what's the responsibility. But before we do that, because I don't want anybody to, to miss this part of it is a lot of people have been asking, you know, Hey, I want to run a race with COVID going on. What can I run? Everything seems to be virtual these days. And we just found out this week, you sent out that email that the Gilbert half marathon has now moved to a virtual race. Can yes. you talk a little bit about runners, regardless of where they live, how can they sign up and what's the opportunity here? Okay. So, you know, 
the pandemic hit. And so right now there really aren't, and I keep a pretty close tabs on races across the country. Mm. So not a lot of large events going on yet. There, there have been race directors that have launched smaller two to 500 is the largest I've seen so far. Um, our race usually gets just under 2000 runners. So what we have decided, and we worked very closely with the town of Gilbert representatives. So we decided that we're just not out of the woods yet with right. the, the, the pandemic. And, um, we're not ready to have that large of an event. And of course we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if, if we open the race up, will we get larger than normal crowd because everybody's hasn't been able to race. Exactly. Or will we be under because people are still fearful of yeah. large events? Yeah. So all this together, we decided to just go virtual. Uh -huh. So the way the virtual works for us is um, our registration is through active, which is one of the major registration hubs for okay. racing. Okay. And uh, we're on active. We're listed as one of their virtual races. Um, if you go on to active and plug us in, you'll see it as a, as an option. Um, and uh, what we're we're working out the final details with Active, but Active has a new app called Experience. Okay. And so once we get all the details worked out, a runner registers on Active for the virtual. You will be given a two-week period to complete your virtual that leads oh, right okay. up to when our race would normally be November twenty-first, the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Gotcha. So you're pretty much going to have the two weeks before that to complete your virtual anytime. Okay. And if you don't have a fancy fitness tracker or smart watch or app or whatever yeah. to track your runs, you can do it right on the active app. You'll just go to it, open gotcha. it up, click start. Yeah. It will actually measure the race for you. So if you're doing the 10 K or the half marathon, it'll tell you when you've reached your distance it will allow you to keep that distance and upload it for our purposes. Yeah. Or let's say you had an off day. Hmm. You could say, now nah, I'm just going to count today as a training run and I'll try <laughs> it again in two or three days. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can post pictures, you can share stuff like awesome. that. And then what we'll do for local runners, I'm trying to be as environmentally conscious as possible. I'm going to set up three different sites locally where runner runners can come and drive by and that's when I'll give them their shirt and their oh, medal. Nice, yeah. And of course, saving on the packaging and all that yeah. um, for anybody who's, you know, not local or can't make it to those days, yeah. then we'll ship it out to you after okay. the race. Are you shipping anything outside the U S yeah, we get a lot of runners from Canada. Yes, we will ship outside the U S Australia anywhere. English. Okay. Cause we got a lot of listeners out and Totally. Yeah. Who speaks English? They're listening. So, okay, good. So, if you're listening right now, please, please, please sign up for the Gilbert Half Marathon. The great news is the cost is drast drastically reduced from what it would normally be in person, and it's a great cause, as Yvette talked about, helping with skin cancer, of course, which is a huge issue here, not only in Arizona, but I would say probably worldwide and Australia. And uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, well, this is great because now it gives runners something to look forward to, you know, yes. with all these races that are getting canceled, you know, this is, it's a fantastic organization and the medal looks really cool. Yeah. The medal <laughs> is awesome. Yeah. And I have to say, um, didn't know I had I in me, but I actually, part of my role as a race director, 
I design all the medals no and way. the shirts. Um, I work very closely with the my vendors. And so I have these ideas and I do a horrible rough sketch and then I talk to them and they put it together for me and um, they do a great job. Wow. And I will also say our shirt is actually UV 50 material. So wow. goes right along with our cause. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. Cancer. Well, and I'll say this, uh, the shirt alone is amazing. I still wear mine from last year. Oh, awesome. I, would, I would pay $50 for that shirt or whatever. I don't know what your virtual cost is. We don't have to get into that here because they can go to the website and sign up and look at all the pricing. But yeah, the shirt alone is, is worth the, the money. So um, what's the website again? GilbertHalfMarathon.org? GilbertHalfMarathon and we're at .org. Right. Okay, perfect. All right. So we got that out of the way. Everybody sign up. But I want to talk about being a race director. What does that mean? How do you... Um, organize a race? And, and most importantly, what are some of the costs that go into a race? Because I think a lot of runners, they look at these entry fees and they're thinking, man, wh why does it cost so much? I'm, I'm the one running. Like, why am I paying to run? I get it. There's a medal and there's a shirt involved, but that can't be worth a hundred dollars, you know? So right. what are we paying for as runners when we sign up for a race? Well, and I'll tell you, it has gone up. <laughs> I, as a marathon runner myself, I remember running a race in the early 2000s. I mean, the race was $50, but keep in mind what you would get for those of you who are new to racing, we would pay $50 for a marathon, but you literally got a cotton t-shirt and that was it. That was it. Okay. There in the early days, there were no medals. Um, and then it shifted to only medals for the marathon and then there were only medals for the half marathon and the marathon. Okay. Today, of course, if there's a race of any length, yeah. there has to be a medal. Yeah. So, of course, driving the costs. Uh, instead of cotton shirts, which are less expensive, everybody wants technical shirts. Yeah. Drive the costs up. Um, and just to give you an idea, I mean, a lot of these products, it, they're expensive. Yeah. It, so, as a runner... You, you think you know racing, but when I was offered the position of race director, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a whole different game. Yeah. Um, I will say it's a love-hate. So a lot of times I totally love this position, but there are times that they it is very stressful. And I say nothing is worth this stress. <laughs> And then I forget about it after a couple I, days and I go, yeah. go back to my passion. But there, you know, you're an event planner, basically. Okay. And the key for me, because we're a smaller local race and we're trying to raise money for a nonprofit, I don't have a staff. Yeah. So I have to work with my family is pivotal, of course. So yeah. they had agreed it for me to take this on. But I work with a lot of volunteers. Of course, I have my background. I was a high school counselor, so I know how to work the schools. Mm -hmm. That's been real beneficial. Sure. You always have great school groups that want to volunteer. And I just feel getting youth involved in volunteering is so important. Yeah. So they get that feel good of giving back. So I've had students tell me they'll come back and volunteer for me even after they've yeah, left their yeah. high school. Wow. So as a race director, you basically are in charge of every single detail you can think of. Well, there's details that you would never even think of, right? Yes. So for example, I measure the course, mark the course, 
I secure all the water stations. I have a checklist for what goes at every water station. I have, um, I have to set up, I have to go to events all year to promote our race because yeah. we still do a lot of grassroots marketing. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure I have a website person that's keeping our website up to date. Yeah. So you, you can't just assign it to somebody. I have to go back in and look at it and check it. I have to be checking on the social media person. Are they doing their, their posts? Mm. So all year you're kind of doing that stuff, website, setting up the registration on active. Sure. Uh, and, and you've got the following year set up, right? Yes. Before the first one's even like this year's is even done. Yeah. Right? So yeah. what happens, we are always the Saturday before Thanksgiving. And of course, after Thanksgiving here in the U S anyway, it's black Friday sales. Yeah. So we open up our race with a black Friday sale. So okay. I'm already into the next year. Yeah. Um, other things I do early on. So usually by May, I like to have my metal designed, my shirt designed and a tentative number. Yeah. Um, so I work on that. I start working on vendors and sponsors. I try and talk to anybody who will <laughs> donate yeah. money at any time. Right. But vendors, for example, people who will come to the race and promote their own businesses. My timeline for that, I kind of start looking for vendors in August and securing that. So, yeah. you know, somebody who sells coffee, somebody who maybe sells racing gear, yeah. you know, those types of vendors. Volunteers, I start searching for volunteers in September. Okay. We, believe it or not, for the half marathon and 10K, we will use approximately 400 volunteers. Wow. Wow. That's huge. I have two packet pickup events. So I have to set those up. Um, we have a post-race expo where all these vendors are. Yeah. Of course, we don't know what that's going to look like in the future because of COVID. A lot of races completely eliminated a lot of these things. Yeah, like, let's sure. hope once things get back to normal. But we have a post-race expo that I usually have at least 25 vendors. I set that all up. What about like all the road closures? Yes, and okay. The police and that's got to be expensive. Those are too, costs, right? so yeah. I have to manage all of that. Wow. So some of the so you said runners might say, "Wow, this is so expensive." Of course, the popularity, supply and demand, it drives the cost up. Yeah. Right, and then people want a medal. People want a nice shirt. Drives the cost up. Um, before. Like I said, in the early days of marathoning, you were lucky to get a bottle of water at the end. Now runners expect some sort of nutrition. Yeah, We have to buy that or secure donations. Um, my race is what we call a point to point. So runners start in one spot, Higley High School. They park there or they can get dropped off, right? Yeah. Then they finish 13.1 miles later. Well, we provide school buses that will take people back to the start. Okay. Well, schools don't have <laughs> money to donate those buses. Right. So we have to pay for the buses, rental buses, the gas, the drivers. Um, and most of the time, honestly, the drivers pick up pick that up as a little bit of OT right before yeah. the holidays. So they like that. Um, <clears throat> we have to close roads. Half of our race, or I would say about five miles of our race is on a paved or padded down dirt trail. I wouldn't call it trail race because it's pretty padded down. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but the rest of it is on roads. So we have to have signage that goes up two weeks before the race indicating mm. to the community that the roads are going to be closed. Okay. We have to have police officers at all the major intersections and they and, don't just volunteer. No, the police officers <laughs> are usually on overtime. So you can imagine the costs involved sure, there. Sure. We also, one of the rules of the town of Gilbert is we must do a na neighborhood notification blast. Again, things runners would never think of. A half mile on every side of the course going both directions we must notify with a flyer on the door, the neighborhood of the road closures. Wow. And, you know, people have told me, well, you should use volunteers to save money. I just don't think that's safe. Uh, I think it's better to use a professional company yeah. that will deliver those flyers. So that's a cost that runners would probably not think of. Um, we have to get the medical supplies, the Gatorade. And, you know, Gatorade may sponsor big events. Yeah, sure. Like the Ironman, they're not really interested in smaller <laughs> local events. Right, That's right. the tough part. Sure. Um, we ha If we don't get a sponsor for the nutrition at the end of the race, which is fruit, granola bars, yeah. then we yeah. have to buy that. Yeah. Um, there There's are so many. Yeah, I'm sure we could talk all night about all the little details. Like insurance, we have to get oh, insurance. Have insurance. What about yes. medical staff? Do you have to have that on, on site? So we do have to have medical staff. Uh, again, our owner is a doctor. So he is usually after he sets up the finish line, yeah. <laughs> which he loves doing. He's awesome at it as well. He's kind of stays put at our finish line, but we have to have a uh, medical at the halfway point. And that is in the riparian. If you remember that yeah. part of the race, we have a medical tent there halfway point, which is where you would start to see half marathoners start to struggle a little bit. Okay. Maybe some blisters, but then we have large medical staff at the finish line. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, November, late November in Arizona, you could have a nice 60 degree day or you could have 80 degrees. Well, I'm, what, last year it was getting pretty toasty towards the end of the day. Yes. And you know what's funny is I started the race with a long sleeve shirt. It was my very first race ever, so I had no idea. And the pacer I was running next to, which by the way, they're volunteers too, right? Pacers. pacers are volunteers, yes. Okay. The pacer I was running next to, I'm sure you know him. I, I can't recall his name, but um, he was like, man – why are you running in that? You know, and I'm like, what are you talking about? It's freezing. Cause you know, when the race started, it was probably in the forties, fifties. And then, but by the time that race was going, the sun's beating down on you. I was starting to get tingly lightheaded cause I was just overheating. So I learned my lesson. <laughs> yes. So one of the, I'll give you an advice and to yeah, all the go. new runners out there, what I do before my racing season is I go to the local Goodwill store. Okay. And I buy about 10 old uh, sweatshirts. And what I do is when you're in that start line gate waiting and you don't want to be freezing because then you're just expending energy oh, yeah. you don't want yeah, to. Yeah. So I have on my Goodwill sweatshirt and the minute the race starts, uh, you will see people in that first half mile are just dumping clothes awesome. layers. And so what I do as a race director, I have volunteers that go and pick that up and it goes all right back to the Goodwill. Oh, fantastic. So that's a great piece of advice yeah. for newer runners. Yeah. You, do, you do not want to wear your favorite Nike sweatshirt and end up 
taking it and yeah. just dumping it because you don't want to carry it. And you're never going to get that back. So. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's great advice. And so let's get some advice from you as a runner because you're a seasoned runner. I'm sitting here talking to you and, and you're telling me about all these marathons you've run. Um, tell me a little bit about how you got started into running. What has it meant to you? What do you do okay. now? So running is pretty much my passion. Um, I always say to myself, I know there will be a day I may not be able to run, but let's hope that's not for a long time. Yeah. So I've always been kind of a tomboyish, grew up playing football and baseball and always active. Yeah, you know, yeah. luckily I'm, I, I'm in my mid fifties. So I was, I think the last generation before the internet took over. So every day after school, we played kickball, football, we were running. Yeah. Um, then life happens, you know, I start my career, still was always active, maybe doing a little aerobics here, you know, nothing consistent, you know, nothing. I wasn't just doing one thing. So I had just had my son and I remember the rock and roll marathon came to Phoenix uh-huh. and I saw all the hype and I was like, wow. Was it P.F. Chang's back then? It was P.F. Chang's. They think, were the main sponsor. Yes. I, I, so, and our listeners know this because um, our intro, our very first episode, I talked about my mom. I think she ran the half. Um, well, I know she didn't run the full, but I don't know what year it was. Anyway, she's passed on. She's about your age. And, um, but anyways, so that means that race means a lot to me because. Oh, yeah. Her. Yeah. Anyways, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> so I saw the hype. And I remember I have two very good friends that I had worked with for many, many years in the high school. And we were sitting around at lunch and one of them, his name is Pat says, Hey, we should run that marathon. And I thought you're crazy. Cause like a non-runner, I thought to run a marathon, you have to run like 20 miles a day. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, my son is one, you know, there's no way I'm a working mom. My daughter was three at that time. I'm like, there's no way I can run 20 miles a day. And my other very dear friend, his name is Todd. He's like, well, let's look into it. Now, this is before there were all these apps and technology, like I said, internet. Well, there was internet, but before all this stuff that's there now. So what we did was we Googled or I don't know what we called it back then, but we went on the internet and we looked up we looked up marathon training for beginners <laughs> yep. and up popped runner's world magazines, okay. marathon training for beginners. Yeah. So we looked at it and it was a four month training program. And during the week, which was my big concern as a working mom, I think the most we ever had to run was like eight miles. And I thought, wait a minute, if I drive to the gym and do like an hour aerobics class, and drive back home, that's about the same amount of yep. time it'll take me to do eight miles. And then we saw, of course, you learn about the long run. Yeah. And that I could put on the weekends when I had more time. So we looked at this and we said, let's do this. We printed it <laughs> out. And boy, I had that posted in my house. And it was such a great feeling every day to check off yep. that training run. And then I've, I had these two friends. So then we'd go back to lunch and how'd you do? How'd you feel? I felt terrible. I felt great. 
I was sore in places I never knew I could be sore. Yeah. And I remember what a sense of accomplishment when I was ready to run that first marathon. I looked back at the training program. I had only missed twice. Wow. Two workouts. Yeah. And so I ran my first marathon in 2005 and people warned me. They said, you will either hate it and yep. say, never been there, done that, never doing it again or you will be hooked. Well, got home. I was already searching for the next one. Wow. And here I am. So that was 2005. We're now 2020. I've probably run over a hundred uh, marathons, half marathons. I've run ultras. Wow. Um, I've run all over the world because also our other passion is traveling. So that's go. a really cool experience. They go hand in hand, right? Yes. To, uh, it's a really cool experience to be in another country and see how they run. Okay. Um, it, it, for example, I ran a 5K in Iceland. We were in Iceland. We wanted to go to Iceland. Iceland was so cool. They The bib actually is like a sticker. So you stick it on your shirt. You don't have to worry about those dreaded pins. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I don't know about like most women, running tops are quite expensive. And I sure. never want to put yeah, a hole yeah, through yeah. them. So of course I have a running belt and that's where I put my bib, but I thought that was so cool. Cause you just, and then it doesn't flop or anything. Um, my husband is from Venezuela. I've run several races in Venezuela. Wow. Their bibs are so interesting. They're tiny. They're <laughs> maybe like three by three, like an index card. And it's just the number. It's this tiny thing. Which makes sense. Why do you need a big thing? Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the water is in, um, a, it's like a baggie. Oh, wow. So yeah. it's, they don't use cups. They hand you this little baggie. Um, one of my biggest ultras was we did a hundred mile stage race in the Himalayas. Wow. That now that number was huge. It was like eight and a half by 11 size. So running around the world is super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Currently my thing is trail running. I, I took that on after I retired and, and started I realized that's a whole nother skill set. So you have to really develop and train differently. You can get injured easier, I think, on the trail. Yeah. Um, and I also have um, reduced my distance. Uh, just things in life happened. I was taking care of my parents at end of life. Sure, so I didn't sure. have the time to put into the marathon training. So I reduced my distance and I found out the 10K is my race. So okay. actually this year I qualified uh, for the Senior Olympics. I took the gold in Arizona for the wow. 10K in my <laughs> age and I qualified for nationals. So next year I will be going to nationals and competing. That's amazing. And well, so, yeah. What's the, so a lot of people might not know what is the Senior Olympics and how do you get involved in that? Well, the senior Olympics, they have it in every state. You have to be 50 or older because okay. everybody always asks, how old do you have to be? Yeah. So you have to be 50 or older and they have all kinds of sports. It's just like Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. So for running, they only have, um, the 5k or the 10k. Okay. So that's why I competed in the 10k because I've been used to marathons and then they do have all the track and field events as well. Um, but I decided to just go with the 10 K and I competed at the state level. And so I'll be competing at the national wow. level. Now they've warned me. They've said the nationals is tough because you're competing with people who were actual Olympic. Olympians. Right. right yeah. Right, yeah. And like, I'm like a, 
you know, I didn't even run my first marathon until I was like 37. So, but you know, I figure my personality, I'm going to enjoy the ride. I'm going to go over there. I'm yeah. going to have a great time. But to be number one in Arizona for the 50 plus, that's incredible. You're, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing your time, but I'm sure it was, it was, fast. um, 43 minutes and a few seconds. Wow. So I started the strength training and, and a lot of times you will hear runners say, no, that'll slow me down. That'll, I'll get too bulky. First thing I want to say to women, you will not get bulky. It's just not in our genetic makeup. Yeah. Uh, of course, if you take steroids or something, maybe, sure, but that's sure. not what we're talking about here. Um, you will not get bulky women, believe me. But what I did notice, yes, when I first started the strength training and I did a traditional lifting where you do, you know, your leg day and then you have your back and bicep day. But <clears throat> so I was trying to do a leg day with squats and then the next day run 15 miles. Yeah, that doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. So sure. yeah, then you feel slow and sluggish. So what I did was I reduced my mileage and focused on the lifting I would say it was, it took about two months and then, wow, what a difference. So for a new runner listening who wants advice on this, would you recommend, and let's say someone is, let's say a mom and working and they don't have a lot of time because that fits my wife's description perfectly. Would you recommend cutting back your weekly mileage and, and, and substituting maybe one or two of those days with strength training or keep the weekly mileage, but just find the extra time for the lifting? Well, for some people, like for me, I didn't have the extra time, you know, while I was working. Um, I would say cut back the mileage and add that lifting, you know, and, and really I have to say maybe the marathon isn't the thing, you know, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, in fact, a lot of races have eliminated the marathon because for race directors, Usually you're for smaller races, you're losing money on the marathon. Right. If you're having to keep more roads closed, more volunteer, more. Yeah. And so around here in Arizona, Flagstaff Marathon, mm -hmm. done. Sedona got rid of the, the marathon. Yeah. The half marathon is the most popular race. Yeah. And so maybe reduce to a half marathon and throw in that strength training and, yeah. and make that. And the half marathon, I must tell you, it's a beautiful distance because you're still out there. You're doing more than a lot of people. Sure. So you feel, still feel a great sense of accomplishment. Yep. Um, but it doesn't absorb your whole life like the marathon. Sure. Like when I was training for marathons, you have to consider every your sleep your nutrition oh, everything yeah. you know and then you have to think of your recovery after your immune system is completely depleted your your muscles the half marathon you know you could go run a half marathon go home shower and then go meet your girlfriends for lunch <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know it's, but you still yeah. have done a major accomplishment sure so i would say maybe bring down that mileage and add that strength training and i would say it took about two months okay. to feel and all of a sudden, I have to tell you, my racing, my running pace got faster, tackling hills easier. Yeah. My confidence level skyrocketed. Okay. I mean, it, it's hard to explain how the lifting did all that. Sure. Um, I've shared with my age 
and, and we know women, as we age, things happen to our bodies as well. Lifting was the best thing that happened. You know, I was running marathons and I was starting to gain weight. Interesting. And I yeah. said to my doctor, what's going on? Yeah. I am a marathon runner. Why am I all of a sudden getting a belly? I've never had a belly. Yeah. Well, that's that wonderful time of life. And uh, you know what? I started lifting and my body became a calorie burner. Wow. I am leaner now than ever. Um, uh, again, I can't stress enough. It's made me super strong yeah. for the 10K race I've been competing in and for the trail races. You just feel so strong when you're out there running hills. Well, I'm, I'm noticing a trend between you saying this and we've interviewed physical therapists and um, just there seems to be this this trend of, hey, back off the mileage a little bit and focus on really becoming a stronger, smarter runner and you'll have a better experience doing it. And I like your point about, hey, if you've got the goal of a marathon, that's fantastic. And I think everybody should try to run a marathon mm -hmm. at some point, but you can build up to that. You know, you don't have to run a marathon four months from now. You can put the half and put your focus on that first, build the strength and then work your way up to a full. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? Yes. And and the, the beauty of it is, like I said, Unlike the full marathon that, that really absorbs a lot of your life, if you brought it down to the half marathon and incorporate lifting, the beautiful thing for me was when I ran marathons, I would tell my family, see ya, mommy will be back in, you know, three, four hours. Right. And it was something I did alone. Therefore, my husband was always home always a little worried. Yep. You know, of course you, we have those GPS devices, so he could always see sure. where I was at. But when I started lifting and at that point, my daughter was in her last year in high school. So we brought her along. It became a family. Yeah. It was so beautiful because the three of us, I have a son as well, but he's a soccer player. So we know he's doing enough running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we leave him alone. Yeah. But the three of us would go to the gym and now it became something we could share. Unlike yeah. the running where mommy's out there doing her thing all by herself. Yeah. Now the three of us go to the gym. We're, you know, motivating each other, pumping each other up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at our gym, everybody would tell us, oh, family goals, family goals. Because <laughs> it was, again, something we could share together. Yeah. Uh, unlike the running. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you've inspired me to incorporate more lifting and strength. You know, I, so many runners I see online um, talk about their weekly mileage and their monthly mileage as if it's this big, and it is, it's a great accomplishment. I'm not trying to diminish that, but you know, running 150 miles, 200 miles in a month is really great, but building up your strength and not getting injured is, is even greater. Right. And so that's something that I'm kind of starting to shift and and uh, my marathon in February is still up and coming, but I've focused a, a lot more on that strength training. And I hope a lot of listeners will start to focus on that. Yeah. Too. And even if you don't want to do um, traditional strength training, like join a gym and pay and have to drive somewhere, you can do a lot of it at home with just your body weight or, you know, when the, uh, here in Arizona, we had a stay at home order and the gyms closed and we quickly were like, how are we going to lift? Well, my husband went to the Home Depot, bought those orange paint yeah, buckets. Yeah. We filled it with sand and we were squatting with those. We, My daughter is now an exercise science major in college. She would come up with creative ways. We got a backpack. We filled it with cans 
uh, food oh, yeah. and we would do lunges with that backpack on. Smart. Yeah. We created all these ways to add a little bit of weight. Yeah. I mean, and, and for many people, they just need to start with their body weight. Really. You don't need all that extra. Yeah. And then you slowly build up, but I definitely recommend it. Yeah. It, uh, you know, after running, I sit over a hundred marathons and you start to, ask yourself, do I really need to run this much? <laughs> you know, yeah. Can I not <laughs> still yeah. get the joy and passion out of running yeah. by only running for an hour? And uh, I, I think I've found that sweet spot. Yeah. Well, there's seasons of life, right? Yes. And I really appreciate your time, you coming out. Um, is there outside of, you know, strength training and, and everything that we've talked about, is there anything else that you want to share or any advice that you think that brand new runners should know. Well, I will say, I think I mentioned I was a high school counselor. So I have that counseling piece as well. Um, I've trained a lot of people to run their first race and I have to say, so I, I'm a big believer in mind, body, soul balance. And I think that the running is a great place to find that. Um, throw in a little bit of the strength training, but I've seen I know what it did for me. Um, it really helped me, you know, at the end of the day, I felt like I was always giving, you know, I was a high school counselor. I was always helping everybody else. I came home. I was a mom, but running was my time. Hmm. And I find that a lot of people in life, especially if you're a giver, you kind of lose yourself sometimes along the way. And, and I always tell people, you have to have that. It's okay to have a little bit of me time to be a little bit of, be a little selfish with, you yeah. know, and, and put your self care up there. And I feel it has provided me a great balance, a way to balance out my stress, my emotions. I've seen it do wonders for people that have some emotional issues I've seen it work well with teens who have ADD, who have autism. It kind of helps them release a lot of that energy. Uh, it's a very healing process, you know? Yeah. And, and the advice I want to give to new runners, don't always look at that watch. Yeah. I see so many runners at the finish line. They're not even enjoying and relishing their accomplishment. They look right down at their watch you know, I only run for time once a week okay. and I run five days a week. Yeah. Come rain, snow, excessive heat. I should say in Arizona, <laughs> I run five times a week. If it's my birthday, if it's mother's day, I run only one of those. I'm looking at my time. I love that. Yeah. The rest of the time, it's what we call mindful running. You are in the moment you're taking in the sun, the trees, the changing of the, the seasons, you're working out that problem from work. You're, you know, just taking a moment to be grateful for things in life, especially right now when there's so much, quite a bit of yeah. negativity yes. in the world. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And so don't be so obsessed with time yeah. and you have to run your own race. I love that. This is for you nobody else run your own race, come up with a mantra. And when the going gets tough and you feel that you've hit that wall and you feel you can't move, you can't pick up and do another, have that mantra ready to go. Mm. And, uh, 
running will it'll introduce you to you'll see places you've never seen before so when i ran the new york marathon i saw way more than my family <laughs> they went with me and running yeah. through those five boroughs i saw so it's so exciting yeah. to go to a new place see new places uh runners have such a great camaraderie among them you'll meet wonderful people from all over the world really enjoy that and don't look so much at the watch yeah but at the same time be true to the long run if you do not do if you're going to do marathon or half marathons and you skip the long runs you are going to get injured mm -hmm. you are going to be miserable you have to be true to the long run if things get busy and stressful you know skipping the little 3 mile or the 4 mile that's what but you can't skip the long runs yeah that's gold well, Yvette, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. You bet. I've loved it. Excellent. We'll talk to you soon, and hopefully we can have you on the podcast again at some point. And feel free, anyone, if you have questions about our race, my email is right on the website, and um, I'd love to talk to you about it. Excellent. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this friendly journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K. -K.